one, we let the Holy Spirit move, then after He gets through, then you can have your family day, the day of rest. Can you say amen? So while you're here, if you're, if you're expecting to be out of here by 12, go ahead and leave. Because you ain't. Because God has a message for you today that you need to hear. Can you say amen? 1 Peter chapter 4, 17 and 8, verse 17 and 18. Peter says, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Can you say amen? We are in the house of God today. I know that this is just uh, two befores and metal and nails and so on. But let me tell you, this is a place we come to worship, but the house of God is within us. Can you say amen? And today, judgment must begin in the house of God. That's between your ears. That's between your shoulders. Can you say amen? Today, judgment must begin. In other words, today is a day when you need to inspect your life and make sure that you are living the life that God would have you to live. And it goes on to say, and if it first begin at us, look at your neighbor and say, us. If it first begin with us, then what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? If it first begins with you and I, which are a representative of the saints of God, then think about it today. What shall the end be for those that obey not the gospel of God? Those that are on the outside. And if the righteous, look at your neighbor and say, we are righteous according to the grace of God. Sunday school class this morning, we talked about holiness. Let me tell you something. If, if you're living a holy life today and you're considered holy in the sight of God, the only reason is because God has made you that way. You have become born again, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the Romans and said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. <clears throat> Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You cannot live a holy life without Jesus living on the inside of you. <clears throat> Can you say amen? <clears throat> if the righteous scarcely be saved, that's you and I, <clears throat> where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? <clears throat> I probably could have two or three titles to this message today. But one of them is this. What has happened to the church? What has happened to the church? And I tell you what has happened. Many churches today have allowed Satan to sneak in. Are you listening to me? There are churches today that <clears throat> there is more satanic power within the church than there is godly power. Are, are you listening to me today? I, I, I'm, I'm preaching the truth. I'm not talking about Bethel. We have our mistakes. We make mistakes. We recognize them. We ask God to forgive us. Can you say amen? But we strive to allow the Holy Spirit to do His thing at our service. And I tell you what, whenever you decide to quit doing that, then that's when you get a new pastor. 
Because I'm here to tell you, as long as I'm pastor of this church, I want the Holy Spirit to have His liberty. <clears throat> Years ago, I'll never forget, I first came to Bethel, and, and there was a young girl here, and by the way, she's dead now. But I remember she approached me, and, and she, she died a horrible death at a young age. And she approached me, and she said, I want you to know that this is not a shorter church. I just got here. Goodness, what did I do wrong? And then she used another name, which I'm not going to mention that name. Many of you know who I'm talking about. It is a, it is, this is a certain family church. And I looked at her and I said, you look at me and you listen good. You're wrong on both accounts. First of all, it's not a shorter church and it's not a such and such church. It's a God's church. Can you say amen? God is in charge here. And that's the way it should be. Can you say amen? Many churches have allowed Satan to sneak in. Turn with me over to the book of Ephesians. He's already got it on the screen. Chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I've heard preachers before that get happy in a service and start shouting and say, if the devil was here, I'd kick him in the teeth. <clears throat> that wouldn't work. <clears throat> are, are you listening to me? He, he's not flesh in that manner. We can't wrestle against flesh and blood, <clears throat> but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you, if Satan had his way, he would kill me today. <laughs> but you know what? He can't until God's ready for me. Are you listening to me? I said, Brother Nelson, he can't touch me until God's ready to say, come home. Oh, he might make it hot all around me. He may try to do everything in the world to try to destroy me. But just like Job of old, Pastor Randy says, you're my servant. You make a lot of mistakes and you mess up all the time. I'm sure that's probably the conversation. But I love you and you're striving to serve me. And because of that, I've built a hedge about you. Can you say amen? And that same hedge is built around you. I'm not any spe more special than any of the rest of you. We're all special in anything that we have. Anything that we claim to be in Christ, it's only because of the mercy and the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Satan, you're a liar today. The Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 5, <clears throat> verse number 8. As our brother puts it up on the screen, it says to be sober. To be vigilant because your adversary, the word adversary speaks of our enemy, which is the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, <clears throat> sometimes he prances around <clears throat> like a little lamb. If you look close, he's got horns. But he is a lion and he wants to destroy you. He wants you to go to hell. If he, if he had his choice, teenagers, he would kill you today. <clears throat> Just like he's killing many teenagers, <clears throat> attacking them with fear and anxiety, drugs, alcohol, 
getting into people's life. And, and, and so many people I've talked to in that condition, I want to die. I want to get out of this world. And that's why many takes their pills, <clears throat> puts a gun to their temple, puts a rope around their neck. <clears throat> Do you know why? Do you know why? Because you're not big enough to handle what the enemy has. Can you say amen? Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 11. The scripture says, Least Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. If I were to put another title together this morning, it would be this. We as the church need to know, we need to learn, we need to memorize. Can you say amen? We need to make notes about Satan's and devices and the ways that he is trying to destroy us and destroy the church. I listened to a minister not too long ago. He made mention of the old Baptist preacher from years ago, Brother Spurgeon. Many of you have probably heard of Brother Spurgeon, been gone for years. But he made this statement that many years ago, and it is coming true today before our eyes. Brother Spurgeon says, time will come when instead of shepherds, pastors feeding the sheep, they will be as clowns. Entertaining ghost. Now I want you to think about that. A ghost is considered somebody, no such thing as a ghost. They're spirits. Amen. But when you die, you're either going to go to heaven or hell. But, but, but when we speak of ghosts, we speak of something that's dead. That's what's happened today. These, many of these ministers that, that Satan has snuck in, are you listening to me? They are doing nothing but entertaining congregations. It's like a circus is going on inside of the church. They become clowns. And the people, because of it, are ghosts. They're spiritually dead. And I'm here to tell you, Brother Nelson, the day's coming when those ministers are going to stand before God and, and their hands are going to be written uh, uh, with blood upon their hands. Why? Because they failed to do what God would have them to do. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Minister years ago made the statement, many years ago, <clears throat> about the assemblies of God. I can talk about the assemblies of God because I'm one of them. Can you say amen? He said the assemblies of God. He says, I believe that they will stay intact and they will always be with us. But Mr. Greenwood said, I do have this concern about the assemblies of God. That in the future, will they stay Pentecostal? Folks, let me tell you, <clears throat> I'm seeing some things today in what we call the church. <clears throat> Not too long ago, I had a missionary call me. And he was wanting a service and we was full. He, I, he couldn't come in that particular month. And I talked to him and we began to d discuss what I was teaching. And I said, well, on Wednesday night, I'm, I, I, I'm teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Boy, once what, what, you learn that, you use it as a, as a powerful man of God. Can you say amen? And he said, I'm impressed. 
I'm surprised. And I thought, I thought you told me you was a symbol of God. He said, you cannot believe how many of our churches have gotten away from teaching Pentecostal power and the power of Almighty God. If we don't have Pentecostal power, we don't have no power. Can you say amen? If we don't have the power of God, we have no power. Now, let me change that. If we don't have the power of God, we've got satanic power. I want nothing to do with satanic power. I want nothing to do. I, I, I refuse to play the games that Satan has. I, I will, I will, I, I tell you what, sit down here with me and let's talk about it. I ain't got time to play games with the devil. Devil, you are a liar. You get behind me in the name of Jesus. I'm serving God and putting God first. Can you say amen? Glory to God. We need to know his devices. Second Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> I want you to listen to this. <clears throat> Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove somebody doing something wrong. Tell them they're doing something wrong. Can you say Amen. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Go ahead, my brother. For the time will come. The time is here. I said the time is here. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does that mean? What does that mean? People preaching what people want to hear so they don't lose them. Are you listening to? They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. It's with us today. We must know Satan's devices. Are you listening to me? <clears throat> I talk to you people all of the time. You miss church, I make phone calls. I check up on you. Yes, I had someone the other day was was rather a little upset and she had expressed that she was upset with some of the other people, but I just wanted them to understand we love you. We care about you. I know how Satan works. I've over 40 years of ministry and pastoring. I've watched how he moves. I've watched how he'll creep in. You can be on fire for God on Sunday. And by the middle of the week, you're discouraged. You decide the next Sunday morning, I'm tired. I'm not going to show up for church. Listen to me. It doesn't happen overnight. But before you know it, you quit coming to church, you quit praying, you quit reading your Bible. Before long, you have opened the door, Satan's in your house, and you're doing things that you never would have done as a Christian. We've got to know his devices. You know how to keep him, keep, keep, keep him from taking over our lives? Listen to me. Come to church with God's people. Study God's Word. Get in your prayer closet and pray and seek God. Can you say amen? And ignore the things of the world. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean. Can you say amen? Satan has slowly walked in the front door of so many churches. He's taken over the services. How terrible this is. I, I, I tell you what, 
I've never pastored a church that didn't have altars. I love these altars. I said, I love these altars. And when I look and I see the little drops of tears, tears that stained the salty tears, and let, let me tell you, they're trophies. <laughs> They're trophies because it lets men know people have touched God. Can you say amen? They've taken the altars out of the church. You don't think that just happened by themselves that some preacher come up with that idea. He was influenced by the enemy. Are you listening? Satan wants these altars out of this place. I know I've mentioned this many times. Some of you may disagree with me. That's okay. But it, it seems like in many of our larger churches that, that they need something to be going on to orchestrate the mood. <clears throat> I, I always thought the Holy Ghost did that. Didn't you, Sister Karen? <laughs> Oh, when she begins to sing with that little bird voice and the rest of them begin to join in and they begin to play their instruments and you begin to feel the Holy Ghost come down. Can you say amen? I don't need a smoke machine. Listen to me. Can you say amen? I don't need bright lights flashing to get me in the mood. I'm in the mood. I showed up to church with an excitement knowing that God was going to show up. Can you say amen? It's time to quit trying to orchestrate these moods. And time to let the Holy Ghost do what He's been doing since the day of Pentecost. Can you say amen? I wonder if Peter said, make sure you plug in the lights and the smoke. Jesus said the Holy Ghost is coming. we got to kind of give Him a boost. Maybe with the smoke, He'll send up maybe a, a smoke cloud and He'll know we're ready. Well, it's not working today. Well, we'll come back tomorrow because we got to have those smoke machines and those lights. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. We got churches right here in town that believe in that nonsense. Pastors, you may be listening. You may get mad at me. You say, you say, well, you know what? You're just, you're just not educated enough for us. Thank God I don't have education there. Thank God I'm not smart as they are. Thank God that, that I'm a fool enough to trust in the Holy Spirit. Can you, Brother, Brother Nelson, thank God that I'm a fool enough to know that God knows what He's doing and He ain't needing no help. Can you say amen? I said, He ain't needing no help. Glory to God. Glory to God. So many pastors today and ministers, listen to me, are under the control of Satan. And I, I didn't say they were mean people or bad people. They don't even understand it themselves. But they're allowing the enemy to come in and to influence the things that they do. They're no longer teaching the Word. Many of these aren't even ministers. I wonder sometimes, <clears throat> this isn't my call. This, this is up to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does the calling. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But I wonder sometimes... <clears throat> if many of these people call themselves, because many of these ministers are nothing more but motivational speakers. Oh, I believe in motivating. Amen? But I believe in motivating while the Holy Spirit has got a hold of me and touched me. Can, can you say amen? Praise God. Listen to a preacher last night. Like I said, I got up early and 
and was praying for Brent. And I went in and turned on the TV and listened to a preacher while I was praying. And he was talking about an old man. He says, he, every time he'd preach, he'd give it this when the anointed had hit him. He says, I just know he probably, before he died, he had to have shoulder surgery. He'd always he'd give it, the anointed hit and he began to swing his arm. I don't know. I got to believe the Holy Spirit probably took care of that shoulder joint. Can you say amen? I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter as long as we have God. It doesn't matter as long as we have the power of the Holy Spirit. For many today, the anointing that they have is not orchestrated or put together by the Holy Spirit, but it's satanic control. The teaching is just enough of the Word. Now listen to this. Many of them, their teaching is just enough of the Word to bait people in so they can call it a church and take up an offering. Are you listening to me? Just enough of the Word. Just enough of the Word to put their shingle out front and bring people in so they can take up an offering. The teaching has become false doctrine. I tell you today, I understand why people are afraid to preach the truth. I'm not against growth. <clears throat> Somebody come to me this morning and said, Pastor, it looks like the church is growing and I see new people coming in. And I'm excited about that. Amen. I'm, ex I'm excited about that. And I want the church to grow. But let me tell you what, Bethel is not going to grow because pastor has quit teaching the truth. The church will grow because when people come in and as God adds to the church daily, they're coming in and they're because they want to hear the truth. They got tired of hearing some of that nonsense down the street. Can you say amen? Think about it today. They build their multi-million dollar complexes. You say, you're just jealous. No, I'm, I'm not jealous. I, I believe ours is coming. Amen. Uh, ours is coming. God's already opened the door and we've got savings going. It's coming, but you know what? In God's time. In God's time. I don't know. I, I may not even be the pastor here. I have no idea. I don't plan on going anywhere. You know what? But the idea is this. God will build in His time, but there's no way that we need to make that, make that growth because we quit preaching the truth and people want to come. Well, this, this, this old boy's got a good message. He preaches about the love of God. I never heard him say hell. I never even heard him say the word sin. I want to go to that church. When, when I leave that church, it makes me feel good. You know, one of the scariest things is for somebody to come up to you and say, I love your church because the only thing I feel is I feel good all the time. I don't ever feel any conviction. I, I walk in there and and you know what? It just it just seems like I just like I'm just just, just like I'm going to a party. Are you listening to me? I want to feel good, but I also want to hear conviction from God when I do things wrong. Many of these multi-million dollar complexes, these ministers are building them, and then when they're filling up with people, now they're scared to preach the truth because if the people get mad and leave, they can't pay the bills. You think I'm lying to you. You think I'm lying to you. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth today. It's time that we get back to preaching. The inspired Word of God. Are, are you listening to me? I said, it's time people get back to preaching. It's time churches get back to preaching the inspired Word of God. The Holy Ghost anointing.
divine healing and have a little bit of oil. You go to some of these churches, man, we, we just don't do that. That is just, that, that is unformal. That, that if, if you're educated the way you should be in that seminary, they'll tell you that that passed away years ago. You find that in the Bible. You find that in the Bible and I'll leave it. All I know is James said, and what he said, if any afflicted, let him pray. If any sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall lift them up. And if they have committed sins, it shall be forgiven them. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed for the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. You can take the oil out if you want, but the altars and the oil and the Holy Ghost is staying. Can you say amen? Praise God. Praise God. They've quit teaching about the rapture of the church. I talked to somebody the other day. They don't even hear about it. Some preachers don't even know how to teach it. Amen? Brother Nelson, we need to go give a class and tell them to show up so we can teach them about the rapture of the church. Can you say amen? You said, do you think you know about it? Absolutely, I know about it. I've studied about it for 40 years. I can quote it frontward and backwards because that's what we're supposed to do. Are you boasting? I'm a boasting about Jesus. I'm a boasting about God's Word when He says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Can you say amen? Preachers that cannot quote scriptures about the rapture of the church, they need to go back to school. Holy Ghost school. Not Harvard. I said Holy Ghost school. Some of you, that's a private joke. You don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Praise God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 3. I'm hurrying. Don't think I'll be through in a minute. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. <clears throat> Let no man deceive you by any means for that day. In the Scripture, you'll have to go all the way back to verse 1 to understand it's talking about the great day of Christ or the great day of the Lord, which is the second coming of Christ, not the rapture. And it said, Don't be deceived for that day, the second coming, shall not come except there come a great falling away first. And then the man... Uh, <coughs> and then the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. Let, 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 me, let me show you today that we are living in the day of apostasy. We are living in what that scripture says, a great falling away. It's happening today. And let me, pro let me prove this to you. <coughs> First of all, we know the Antichrist will reveal himself at the beginning of the tribulation, the beginning of the seven years. We know that he'll sign the covenant with the Jews. Daniel talks about he shall confirm a covenant for many for seven years. I, need, I don't need to quote all these scriptures. I just need to explain it to you. But the Antichrist will reveal himself in the beginning of the tribulation. But before he can reveal himself, the church has got to be gone. He the church who now letteth or restraineth him will continue to restrain him until he the church is taken out of the way and then shall the wicked one be revealed. So look at me. If, if it's the beginning of the tribulation when he's going to be revealed, the church has to be gone first. And the scripture right there says the great falling away has to be before he's revealed. We are there. We are there. 
The Word teaches that we are in the time of this apostasy, the great falling away. I hope that we see mighty revivals because I hear preachers preaching that all the time. But I'm going to be totally honest with you. I see apostasy. I see a great falling away. Brother Nelson, that's what I see when I study God's Word. I think these preachers are hung up about Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, talking about the Spirit of God in the last days. The last days began 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, and it's flowed for 2,000 years, but now it's time for the apostasy. Why? Because that's the sign pointing to the rapture of the church that he's fixing to come back. Turn over with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressively that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What did I just say to you a while ago? Falling from the faith and giving heed to, to, to the spirits and the doctrines of devils. Just enough of the Word to get people in to get an offering. And you know, I'll be honest, I'm going to give some of these preachers a little bit credit. Some of them, I don't think they even know that, that, that they're being worked. Some of them, I don't think they even realize that the enemy is working through them. I, I really don't. I don't think they, they realize that. Verse number 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent and fierce, despisers of those that are good. You preach a message in love, but it's not what they want to hear, so they text you or they send a message back that you're a hate preacher. You're not preaching those things the way they believe. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. That's what the Scripture says. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such... Get away from them. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. One more verse. Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. I've always thought that was strange because if they're trying to learn, but that's not what it means that they're trying to learn. They're, they're trying to everything in the world bypass what the Scripture says and learn what they want. It's almost like, well, I don't accept that. Ever learning, but never come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not what they want to preach. It's not what they want to hear. Departing from the faith. Satanic doctrines, false teaching, no teaching of truth, perilous times. It's all about pleasures. And when you think of the word pleasure, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Okay, fun's good, but pleasures and fun, how do you have pleasures and fun? Food. Boy, you're talking my language. But you, you got to have a way to get food. You got to have a way to have, to, to have fun. 
Are you listening to me? Pleasures, money. All about pleasing self. Blaming others for faults. Just like, we won't mention any names, but just like what Dion said the other day when she texted me and we were talking to each other. And, and I texted her back and she was exactly right what she told this person. And, and I told her, if you're a sinner and you want to continue sinning and you don't want to feel guilty, you got to blame somebody else. <laughs> you got to blame somebody else. Amen? Blaming others for faults. Unholy. Of course they're unholy because the only way to get holy is to get into God. If you don't have God, you're not holy. Oh, I'm a good person. No, you're not. None good. No, not one. Talk to Him about it. Show up at the judgment without Jesus and just see how holy you are. Parents, no control over their kids because they're not teaching them today. I'm going to tell you what. I didn't have very many thrashings from my dad, but boy, he was good at what he did. And once I got it, I didn't forget. And if he said it, I jumped. Oh, things have changed. We live in a new world. Yeah, it's a messed up world. We need to go back and do things the way we used to do it. Can you say amen? A form of God in this pride, boasting, coveting, more, more, more money, calling bad good, calling good bad. A form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 1 Timothy 6 and 5, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. Now I want you to look at that last couple of lines there. Supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. I'm a blessed man. I'm not a rich man. And I look out here and I see many of you, I don't think we have any financially rich people unless you've been holding out on me. You've been holding out and I need about a million bucks and we'll start that church Monday morning. Amen? But I don't think we have any rich people like what I'm talking about in our church. But we have blessed people. But when you get up and you begin to tell people that if you're not prosperous, it's because you don't have enough of God. Now, what was the scripture? What, what does it say? Read it again. Supposing that gain is God is... Well, what are you going to do about those little old ladies that are making $700 a month Social Security checks? They barely get by, but let me tell you, they get by because God takes care of them. Are you listening to me? And you know what? They, they spend time on their knees seeking God. I've often said, Brother Nelson, I've often said one of these days when all of us preachers and prophecy teachers and all, sometimes we kind of think we know a little bit more than everybody else. I'm sorry, that's a prideful statement. Lord, forgive me because it shouldn't be there. But sometimes we do. But I got a feeling we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, all of you preachers, go sit on that back row. And all you little sweet little old ladies that lived on $700 a month but paid your tithes and, and, and sacrificed and gave to God, I want you to stand and come up here and the angels are going to sing a hymn just for you. Supposing that gain has anything to do with godliness. Listen to me, there's a lot of people in the world that have gain and they sure don't have godliness. 
Are you listening to me? I, I think we are putting too much in the idea of being blessed. I am blessed. And I'm also content. I think I'm more content than I've ever been in my life. God, I thank you for the blessings. But you know what? The reason I'm content is not so much with what I have in the world, but what I have in Jesus. If you don't believe what I'm saying, you read James. You read James and he talks about the temptation of sins and the things of sin. i got to hurry. I'm almost through. Teachers teaching that gain and prosperity is godliness. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. Go back to that one more time, will you, my friend? 1 Peter 6 and 5. I won't put it up on the screen because in case you don't have a Bible, I want everybody to see it. Amen. First, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6 and 5. Go, go back to that for just a minute. Okay? That gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Let me see. Does it say, those that teach that, support them. Send them more money. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to get into all of this nonsense. You know, it, it doesn't matter what I say. People say I'm just jealous because I don't have a $10 million home and a $20 million, $20 million condo, three Rolls Royces, $40 million in the bank. I got a prettier wife than they do. They have. Amen? Sweeter. But, but let me tell you what, I'm, I'm not going to support those people. Because he told me not to. He told me not to. Can you say amen? God says, withdraw thyself. <clears throat> Second Peter 2. <clears throat> verses 1 and 3. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. I know you're starving. I can hear 37 bellies squeaking. You can be replaced. Second <laughs> oh, Peter 2, 1 and 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that, bought, the, that brought, bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know they had that word back then. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Go home and take that mouthful and study it. Think about what I've said. The last verse of Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4, 17 and 18, is the same Scripture I started with. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. <laughs> Where did we start this sermon at? Where is the house of God? This is just a building. You, you, you brought the house of God with you when you came. He lives within you if you know Him. And if you're a Christian, can you say amen? 
And it's time to begin with each and every one of us. And at first, if it begins with us, we the church, we that are born again. I didn't say we that are perfect. Any perfect people in here? We got to pray for that man back here in the back. There's, there's two of them back there that need to get saved. must begin at the house of God. It must begin between your shoulders and your heart. It must begin between your ears and your mind. And if it first begin at us, then what shall the end be for them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, they're talking about you. I said they're talking about you. Let, let, let me tell you something. <clears throat> God knew man was going to sin. God knew it, and he put together a plan. And he called some old boys like me and Brother Nelson and some of the rest of you to go preach the gospel so people would hear it and get saved. That's right. That's right. He called us to do that. He sent us out as messengers to go out and preach the truth. And, and you know what, folks? Even though salvation is so simple, people refuse to accept Him. I was telling him in a Sunday school class, I said, I said, every person that's ever born is pretty much the same way. They need Jesus. And you got to look at me today. Let me step out here. I, I, I know these guys are going to be mad at me getting out from under that camera, but let, let me tell you, you know, behind this line is a world that's lost. And across that line, is salvation. And many people say, prove to me there's a God. Show me proof. Let, let, let me tell you, God, God probably won't appear to you and show you that He's God. But let me tell you what He will do. He said, if you'll just look around. And He says, by faith, by faith, if you'll take one step of faith, then I will open your eyes. I will open up your minds and you'll be able to understand why salvation is so important. And the problem is, many of us have stepped into faith. He's come inside, and you know what? Things I don't understand, you know what? I accept them by faith, because I know He's real. Oh, I know He's real. He lives in my heart. But you see, on the other side of that line where I came from, there's a lost and dying world that says, show me, show me, show me, show me, prove to me. you got to step out by faith. That's why Jesus said more would go to heaven. Excuse me, more would go to hell than go to heaven. Amen? That's, that's why he said it. Why? Because of that step of faith. you got to prove it to me. you got to show me. You know what? I'm so glad that years ago I took that step of faith. Have you today? Have you taken that step of faith? If you're here today and you're not sure, or maybe you have, and, and you know, something's come into your life and, and, and you need to correct some things, oh, that's why we got these old altars to pray. I want to ask the praise team to come back. And I want you to play at the cross. And I want to ask you today, will you meet me at these altars? Amen? Christians and those that have backslid or those that aren't Christians, Will you meet me at these altars and let's pray together. Jesus may return today.
I, I hope Britt makes it. I, I love that boy. But you know what? Did you know what? He had no clue. I'm sure he had no clue what has happened to him. Amen? We know the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. Now is the second time. Come on up here and let's pray today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.